This is the Purpose Lab. That's why I love the commercials that really talk about and speak to the importance of reaching out to someone, right? Picking up the phone because just because we're just because we're locked in doesn't mean that we still can't have those conversations. And so I love that you said that because, you know, relationships are everything and relationships to me are the thing that allows you to really just be vulnerable to someone else. Anyways, we're deepness. Yeah. (laughs) We were talking about, um, about just this pandemic and what I guess the idea that I had was that right now we're in a situation where nothing looks the same and we've got to own that. We've got to recognize that, but also recognize that purpose doesn't have a pause button, right? Mm. If you're born and you're wired with that purpose and there's that thing that your purpose to do, you cannot not pursue that purpose. And so Mm. global pandemic aside, how do we move forward when our purpose might have to take a different, you know, come through a different lens or come through a different avenue? And that was kind of the inspiration for this because I know that you're talking to students right now who, you know, they're having to make very big decisions about how they're going to pursue class, how they're going to pursue their sport. I mean, students are having to make huge decisions. I mean, Tell me, tell me about some of the conversations you're having right now when students come into your office. So, you know, what's funny is I had a, an appointment because now everything is virtual. So right. appointments just pop up on my schedule. So I had an appointment and it didn't say a name on there. It just said um, personal, personal help. And so I was finishing one meeting because at the front desk, my staff will... Um, have them check in. And so the check-in sends me an email letting me know they're there. So I told my student, all right, I got to finish this up because I got the next person waiting for me. And so he leaves out who it is in my office waiting to speak is one of my former student athletes that graduated two years ago, former football player, transfer student. And so I, you know, we always, I, I gave him a little elbow bump and, and I said, what's going on? And I looked at him and I said, how are you? What's going on? He said, you know, he's in sales and he was doing very well. But the way his company is, is it's it. He does bubble wrap. So bubble wrap. So you can imagine he's doing different companies that they aren't producing the same things that they people aren't ordering as much people ordering from Amazon and different places like that. And so he's not hitting his numbers. And so I said, so how are you feeling? He said, you know, my company said, I'm going to be okay. You know, they're going to adjust the numbers or whatnot. And I asked him again, I said, how are you feeling? He said, I, I, I'm not good. And I said, okay, so why? He And then he started explaining and I said, okay. I said, one of the things that's been heavy on my heart is opportunity or obstacles. That's opportunity or obstacles. I said, this is truly an obstacle. It really, really is. But I said, you graduated with a very high GPA in business. You knew you were going to land a job. You were excited when you landed this particular job. But I don't want you to get stuck in this job. I said, you told me a long time ago, you build relationships with people, which is what you love doing in your job. I said, so imagine if you start using the information that you've learned and you started 
once again, not an obstacle, but an opportunity. So now you start to reframe and you start to shift it into an opportunity. Opportunity to build those relationships with the different companies and the different organizations that you've built a relationship with, but you continue to build a relationship. And I said, now think about this as well. I said, it's a lot of companies in Western Michigan that are still doing things an old way. And you just said yourself that e-commerce is blowing up. So maybe you can figure out a way to articulate yourself to put a plan together to where you're talking to companies about their need to shift. Because if you can do that, that then allows you to be an entrepreneur. That then allows you to take control over what you think has control over you. So that was just one instance, Justin, that I just had today. What about you? Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, I was talking to a student a few weeks ago, and we were talking about just that first year experience at college and how, you know, so much hinges on that first year, right? Like you get involved with friend groups and organizations, you kind of define your identity and who you want to be on campus. And, you know, this student, our, our university sort of gave students the option, if you want to come back, you know, great, we will have options for you. But if you want to stay home and do everything remotely, that's totally fine too. And so this student was sort of at that point where he didn't know what he wanted to do. And he said something to me that really stuck out. It's been in my mind every time I think about like what communicating and relationship development looks like right now. He said, I'm worried about this year because I want to get involved with organizations but I just don't think there will be any value in it for me right now. And I thought about that because we so easily dismiss the importance of relationships and connection and networking. And we think that these tools can't do that for us. And the reality is, is it's not that the tool can't do it. We just haven't figured out how to harness it yet. And I I have been thinking a lot right now about leading my team and I was talking with one of my team members the other day and I said, I felt like initially I was apologizing a lot because I felt like I was letting them down as a leader as we were transitioning to this hybrid sort of model of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I realized there's no playbook for this this season that we're in right now. No, (laughs) nobody... Nobody has the script for how we do this. No, audibles are being called every second. Oh, totally. And if if somebody does and they've been hiding it, then we need to we need to get on them because I think we're <laughs> exactly. all we're all struggling right now. And and you know what? Out of the struggle, I think comes our opportunity to hone in on those areas where where we've needed to to strengthen or fortify our skills um, before. And so, like this weekend, I spent time figuring out. All right. I know that I've got staff, I've got team members scattered over these locations, different days of the weeks, different, you know, sometimes they're, they're on site, sometimes they're remote. This, this person needs more feedback, more interaction, communication from me. This person's doing this kind of project and another is doing a different kind of project. How do I bring centrality? How do I bring cohesiveness to our team when I know that we are scattered? And I know that we still have our same, you know, the same focus. Our vision is still the same. And so I worked on redefining our communication. And I said, you know what? Saying that the tools are insufficient is an excuse. 
saying that what I have available to me won't meet the needs and it's awkward and uncomfortable and won't do the job, that is not, I can't make that my excuse anymore. And so I doubled down and you know what? It's Mm -hmm. Monday. We rolled out some things today and I felt like our team was communicating better than we have in a long, long time. And that's just me acknowledging Mm -hmm. that I was leaning heavy on, on some perceived failures in Zoom and you know, email and chat apps. But the reality is, is those relationships have never been more important. And if we don't take advantage of this moment and the opportunity to continue growing our relationships, we are going to miss out. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose ground on that. I don't think anybody does. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's the big thing for me. And I'm glad you said that. And, and, and going off of that, once again, opportunity or obstacles, I think about it was definitely an opportunity for me during this time to really just allow my staff to help me, to help me learn this technology because we've shifted. A lot of our work is is done online. And so even from the meetings that I discussed earlier, how, you know, my meetings are online and, and, and we, I have some face-to-face and I wanted to make sure that I had some face-to-face and I had a conversation with my staff about this and I said, I want us to still have, and one of my staff members told me today that she has, it's 50-50. So it's 50, um, 50% of her time is spent, you know, on Zoom calls, doing meetings that way, and 50% is the in-person. And I said, because I think what's happening is we're assuming that these students are going to get it. Just like I said, I'm learning this technology and this whole online way of learning. Our students, many of them are learning this whole online online way of learning. So whether it's the hybrid or completely online, you know, Fortnite don't pre- doesn't prepare them for this. And so right. they have to figure out how to do this as well. So the reason why I said I wanted them to make sure that they're having some of those um, face-to-face meetings is because we got to have some sense of, 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 of normal for them. And, and, and I want to make sure that we're trying our best to keep that. Now, how that looks, it can be different because depending on if a student is quarantined and different things like that, we didn't have to shift to the zoom, but as much as possible, try to, because I, I had a meeting today and I was talking to a student about really just a time management thing. I told a student and we went through and we started putting a planner. So we put a planner together for him and, and, and we were going through it and he eyes were real big because he was trying to figure out because he's getting so inundated with all type of announcements from Blackboard. Um, the, the, the system that we use, the university uses, getting announcements from every class, getting assignments and, and just trying to figure out how he's going to manage that time along with now they're starting to work out again for football. And so helping him to understand that part of it, because I told my freshman class of football players that that's going to be the biggest thing is figuring out how you're going to utilize this perceived free time, which it really isn't free time. It's Mm -hmm. different time. So before you're in class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 50 minutes, now you have a completely online class that's not telling you when things are done. And so now I, I, I told them the best thing you can do is still use that online class as a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday class and do your work then. Do your reading then. Because if you wait to the last minute, it's all going to pile on you. So time management is important. Totally, totally. Um, you know, I was thinking, you, you said something right there about how this is not this is not free time. Um, you know, one thing that I feel like a lot of students are telling me that they're struggling with is just that structure. 
And, yeah. you know, structure is a good thing, right? It sort of gives us a framework to, um, you know, to get our, to get our stuff done. We sort of have some, some goals. It's easy to, to, to make our time tangible. And we don't have to have a professor standing at the front of the room for us to have structure, right? Like, for me, my structure ends up looking more like mm -hmm. a to-do list that has deadlines and dates and, you know, smaller milestones for bigger things sort of mapped out. You know, you've got to be um, mindful of what your goal is and set those little milestones and make sure that you're keeping yourself accountable. And, and truthfully, for, with the students that I've talked with, I know that the expectation of accountability seems to be weighing heavy on their shoulders because they feel like they don't have that structure. It's always been there, but it's easier to be accountable to those things when you're going to a class and you've got a, a professor sitting at the front of the room lecturing you. You're on your own. And truthfully, like when you graduate, that's the way things are too. And so I think that with some of that struggle, with some of that strain, some of the new ways of doing things, it's also growing our students up a little bit quicker and forcing them to have to recognize that, whoa, wait a minute, the accountability really does rest on my shoulders and I have to own that right now. So that's not a bad thing. I agree. And it is not a bad thing because I told one of my athletes today, I said, um, and, and, and let me say this, let me, before I even say that, I had a, a a student athlete who is making a decision to forego his senior season because, you know, a lot of them could um, still get their eligibility back so they can still have another year. And so I had a senior who um, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. And, and, and I'm wishing the best for him. And I'm telling him because this is his last semester. And so one of the things he could have did was either attempt to go to grad school or push his semester back or push some classes back in order to save it for his last semester. But he wanted to go finish his degree and he wants to get into real estate. He wants to be an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And he had a co great conversation with, um, with our head coach who at first I know it was difficult for our head coach, but I know our head coach supports him as well. And so to hear him and have the conversation and the way he articulated himself, I was like, wow, you really have been thinking about this. And so to see these gentlemen and, and, and young women making decisions that really is going to, it was going to have to be made anyway. It's just being made sooner than maybe they would have wanted it to be made. And so I love that a lot of them are getting it. You know, we do have those ones that aren't getting it because it's hard for everyone. And I've said, even as I, as I speak about sports, it's not just hard for my student athletes. It's hard for my coaches. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about, I'll just use football. They've been coaching some of them for, I don't know how long. You know, our head coach has, he's been here coaching, being a head coach here for at least the last 10 years, but been here as assistant coach for about 16 years. And so I think about during this fall, during summertime, their bones, <laughs> it's in them to coach. It's in them. So they're having a hard time as well, having to go through the transaction and the transition of, okay, so now how do we think of different ways? And I'm proud of all of my coaches because I'm watching them figure out ways to help 
are student athletes truly exemplify that word student, really exemplify what it means to do community service and and do things that supports the community. And so I'm watching our coaches really just get our students involved. And I'm loving that because once again, saying that word that we just mentioned, they're using it not as a obstacle anymore because it is you, there, there's nothing we can do about it. But now they're using it as an opportunity to help these young men and young women grow. So I'm so just happy that that's the shift and that's what we're doing, especially at my university. And I know it's happening at other universities around the country because I talk to a bunch of my colleagues and they're pleasantly surprised as well and, and happy about the direction and what our coaches are doing to help these students really just understand the power that they have outside of the sport that they play. Absolutely. Well, and I, so I was in a, I was in a, I think I've even told you about this before. I was in a staff meeting with um, one of our, our vice presidents on campus kind of toward the beginning of, of all of this. And it, it, this ties back into what I said earlier, that purpose doesn't have a pause button. You just mm-hmm. articulated it there. Um, this vice president articulated in what he said, we, we have to move forward, right? And we're, we're going to have stumbles and fumbles along the way, but our, our mission is still to move forward. Your coaches, their mission is still to coach and lead and guide and build up your athletes and your students. And I think the best thing about this season right now, and one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing myself, I'm encouraging my students to do, reflect on this moment in time. What have you done differently that has worked and has served you and your purpose well? And, you know, same, same whether, whether you're a guy working in student affairs like me or you're a coach of a successful team, a football team, like, what are we doing differently now that is serving us and our purpose well? And how do we continue doing that when, you know, we, when the Zoom invites slow up and we start to get back into person and, and doors open up again, right? And I think reflection is going to be the key to how much value we squeeze out of this opportunity, right? What worked? What are we doing? What are we not doing now that we might be tempted to go back to? What processes have we changed that took us out of our comfort zone initially that would be so easy to move back into, but we're not going to because we know that we're serving our purpose and our mission and our vision so much more effectively now. So I love this idea of framing um, the obstacle as an opportunity because like we've talked about before, there is not a moment or an individual who will be immune from adversity, right? We're always going to find ourselves against the wall with the need to push ourselves off. And it's how you do that, how quickly you respond and what you make of that opportunity in that moment that defines who you are. And so again, if it's serving your purpose right now, what are you doing and how are you going to continue doing that? And how are you going to prioritize that when we go back to where we were or trend back to where we were, I should say. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. And, 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 and the, the hard part for me is the people who unfortunately didn't take advantage of this opportunity. 
and and that's the part hard part for me because you know I'm a big purpose guy. You know that's why this is the Purpose Lab, right? And and you know our mission and our journey is to interview the world's most successful failures. And so reframing what failure looks like is what we always talk about, right? And so using this and 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 going back to the student athlete that I told you came to meet with me today, getting him to understand that he controls his success, not his job. Not his job. I tell. I told him, I said, the reason why I do so many other things outside of my nine to five is because I have a passion for so many other things outside of my nine to five. And I'm not trying to push that on anyone because I believe we all need to do what makes us happy. We all need to do what we're passionate about. And no one can tell us what our passion is. But knowing that, I know that, and I've said it all the time, is I only have a limited amount of time on this planet. And so I can't let a pandemic that doesn't have a pause button stop me from utilizing the time that I have even within this pandemic to continue to grow my mind, to continue to grow myself and stretch myself in ways where I can help other people. Because remember, it's all about service. What service can you now? Because it was people and it's people who still needs what you have. And now you get a chance to just, okay, let me focus. Let me really think about what are the things that I want to provide to this universe based on the skill set that I have or that I'm able to develop during this downtime. Because once again, it's not going to pause. And if you thought it was going to pause, you were wrong. And so that's the people I feel for is the people who have yet to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, you're totally right. You know, if you had a student coming in tomorrow, and you could give them one or two pieces of advice. And you know, you know me, you and I cannot stop at one or two pieces of advice. So, <laughs> but we will, could, we will. If, if, if you could give them a couple pieces of advice about how to maximize this moment right now, what would you say to them? I think the first thing I would say is really take time to be still, hmm. take time to meditate. Take time to meditate and say, and and really think about why are you here? Why are you here? Because I think when you're doing that and you're really, really focusing on trying to figure out and asking yourself that question, I think the answer will come. And then the other thing I would have them do, and I've had my students do, is I said, it's no better time than the present to start journaling. Because I think a lot of times we look at what's going wrong, but I want you to journal about the things that have went right in your life. Because when you start really reframing and changing what it looks like and say, you know what? I do have a roof over my head. Well, I am in college. I do have an opportunity to, based on me finishing this and getting a degree, to have a good career, to be able to help my family who are still stranded or stuck in a position that they're in. So start journaling and being thankful for the different things that maybe we forgot to say thank you for. So those are the things that I would tell them. Those are my couple things. So journaling and really just being still and meditating and figuring out and being truthful and courageous enough to sit and ask yourself those tough questions. Is it not working because I'm not doing something? Or is it not working and I continue to blame other people for what they're not doing? 
What about you, Justin? What are the two words of advice or two things of advice you would give students coming to your office? Yeah, that's a great, I love what you just said right there. Um, It's really taking stock of what we're telling ourselves, how we're analyzing the situation. Um, One of the notes that I put at the very top of my list was that we we have to recognize and be honest with ourselves about where we're at right now. Um, and a lot of times that's recognizing that yes, things are different. Things are not the way we want them to be, but they are what they are. And if it wasn't this, if it isn't Mm. where we are at right now, it would be something else. And so if you allow yourself to make excuses or shift the blame for inactivity or, you know, indecisiveness or, you know, not maximizing this moment, you would probably have done it whether it was a global pandemic or something else. And so I think just personal mm-hmm. responsibility of recognizing that, look, you are not immune to adversity. You are not immune to misfortune or frustration or, um, y- you know, missteps along the way. And you have a lot of opportunity in front of you and you have to own that. You have to go for it. And I love the point about recognizing those, those blessings, those strengths, those you know, amazing things that we do have access to, and using those as a springboard to move ourselves and motivate ourselves forward. Um, that's one thing. And then I would also just say, be, be cautious, and, and I'm reminding myself of this daily, be cautious and mindful that relationships have never mattered more than they do right now. Um, That's good. And, you know, I was talking with a student, he was on my mind and I got sidetracked probably by like, you know, the 15th zoom invite that day. Um, (laughs) And I, I thought I need to reach out to this guy and didn't. And, you know, his parents beat me to the punch. And it ended up being that there was something going on. He needed to talk with somebody about something. And it was a pretty heavy situation. And the reality is, is you never know when somebody needs you in that moment. And I would just say relationships like our purpose, they don't have a pause button. They shouldn't have a pause button. Um, You know, that's not to say that some of the friends that I've had over the years, we, you know, don't talk to each other for a little while and then can just pick back up. But our need for relationship doesn't hit a pause button. And so Mm. mind your relationships, take care of the people in your tribe, because there's going to be a moment where you're going to need that tribe and investment in relationship pays dividends when we, when we pour into it. And so pour into people so that they can pour into you. Um, I think that those are, have been two really profound things that I've, I've been thinking on a lot lately. I love it. I mean, relationships are everything. And I think the relationship, that's why I love the commercials that really talk about and speak to the importance of reaching out to someone, right? Picking up the phone because just because we're, just because we're locked in doesn't mean that we still can't have those conversations. And so I love that you said that because, you know, relationships are everything and relationships to me are the thing that allows you to really just be vulnerable to someone else. You know, because let's be honest, there are people who are struggling right now 
who are having a hard time, students, um, faculty members, staff members, um, people outside of higher ed, people are struggling right now. And I don't want to in, in any way um, act like they're, the way they're feeling is not real mm-hmm. because the way they're feeling is real to them. But all I ask and all I would hope is that we try to figure out really I'm going through it and we've said it before it's happening for me, not to me. So how can I figure out a way where maybe I can help someone else? Because if I'm struggling, maybe it's because I haven't done my due diligence to ask someone else how they're doing. Because when I ask someone else how they're doing, then maybe it's one of those situations where, um, Justin, Mm -hmm. maybe it's one of those situations where, um, what we'll find togetherness in in the relationship that we have. And maybe we can be vulnerable enough to share how I'm feeling and you were feeling the same way or you were feeling. And so it's when we have those conversations, those real conversations that we can really get to the crux of, of the matter and figure out, you know, Hey, I'm not in this alone. You know, that's been, been one of the things that like, I don't know. I don't know if your meetings feel like this. I try not to let them, but, you know, when you do, when you have meetings back to back to back, especially at the beginning of the semester, there does start to feel like a rhythm and a cadence. And I feel like I may be telling some of the same jokes. <laughs> Thankfully, they uh, they don't have they don't come for a, a a repeat, so they don't hear them two times. But I've I've heard them multiple times. There you go. <laughs> um, so I got to keep it fresh, and that's on me. But um, I will say that at the top of every conversation, um, I really. I think that it's been important in my meetings to to relate with students and just say, "Look, I know we're both being stretched right now. What are you What are you doing to live through that and move through that? Um, you know, how has it impacted you? And is there, you know, is there anything that I need to be aware of? Is there anything that we could we could talk about before we jump off into to what we were here for? Because I think when we recognize that it's not just you living through it. It's us living through it. That Mm. shared connection, that relatability, that vulnerability all happens. Um, and it allows us to be real with one another and it allows us to recognize the moment. And then I think it allows us to, to, to hold each other accountable to moving forward. And so I'm, I have been pleasantly surprised that students open up to that. They're very honest. And it's made my conversations more effective because it can't make it an elephant in the room. It is what it is. We've got to acknowledge it. And the more we do and the more we acknowledge that we still have to move forward, I think the more effective we can be together. I agree. I agree. I agree. It's, um, I think it's, it's for all of us, I think trying to find that that thing, trying to find that place, trying to find that emotional state where we can once again just say, you know what, I can't control this, but I can't control how I'm going to continue to respond to this. And right now, I'm going to respond differently because it's been so hard, but the only way it's going to get better is I have to have a mindset of knowing that it's going to get better. And so I think when we get to that place, I think that's when when it changes. So I tell my student athletes that I work with and students, period, that I work with is we have to get you to a place and I'm going to hold your hand uh, and, and, uh, and holding your hand, you're holding my hand. So we're going hand in hand to get to that place where 
we understand that we can get through this and we'll make it through this and we're going to make it through it together. And as we're holding each other hands, we're going to help other people because we're going to hold their hands as well. And so we're going to build this community. We're going to build this community where we're just we're just having conversations, conversations on purpose, conversations about, you know, what are some things? What Once this is over, let's start thinking about what are the things we're going to do? What are the things we want to enjoy? Is it that ice cream at that that place that um, or, or at that restaurant? Is that sandwich? Is it that? Let's start thinking about that. Because if that's what lights you up, if that's what makes you feel happy, let's get you to the happy place. There's nothing wrong with that. Remember, the imagination is one of the most powerful things that we have. So let's start imagining out of the situation that we find ourselves in and start imagining what it's going to be like. Absolutely, man. That's such good stuff. And I'm glad that we jumped into this conversation. I know that um, I know that too. we've been yeah been interviewing a lot of really cool people. Um, we've got an awesome conversation with uh, your friend Tim Selgo next week. Yes, I'm excited. Um, those of you who don't know, those of you who don't know, Tim Selgo is one of the well was the he retired, but he was the, the best. Division two athletic director voted um, amongst all the athletic directors in Division two multiple times. And so I'm excited about, you know, his just his look and his his, his the way he's going to talk about as far as leadership and importance of really what we're talking about. Right. Not only building a team, but building relationships with the team because it's about people. And, you know, so he really touches on about people. You have to make it a study of people because no one does it by themselves. So I'm excited about next week's broadcast. Once again, I appreciate us um, coming together and, and really just having a conversation, not only on purpose, but a conversation really about helping people understand it, that that. There's other people there for them. So as always, I enjoy the conversations that we have. I enjoy that we both have a heart for people and we have a heart for serving. And so I thank you once again, my friend, my family, that we're on purpose together. And so once again, this has been the Purpose Lab and we're on a mission to interview the world's most successful failures. So right here, you have two failures who ultimately failed their way to success. So I appreciate you, Justin. Appreciate you, sir. You're listening to The Purpose Lab with Dr. D.F. Arnold. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. 